Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse number 19. That's our key verse that we're using in this series of messages that we're preaching on God's mission, make disciples, okay? Uh, that's our calling in life. And of course, the Great Commission in Matthew, chapter number 28. So while you're turning there, I want to encourage you also, if you use electronic Bibles or what have you, I, I want to encourage you to use the Logos Bible software, and that's a free Bible you can download for an app on either your Android or your iPhone. Uh, and then you can follow along in our worship service with us. And when there's a, uh, a scripture reference on the screen, you should be, see a little icon at the bottom. You just push that and it'll take you there uh, in your Bibles. And so if you need help with that, see Brad Range in the back. And he will get you plugged in uh, with getting, uh, getting you logged in with that. Before we actually get into the Word today, I do want to mention several prayer requests. And I've got actually three kind of big ones on my heart. Uh, first of all, Jen just let me know that Joe is leaving. This is his last Sunday with us, and he's got a job in Pennsylvania, and, and he'll be moving out there. And so uh, we just want to wish Joe the very best, and we want to have a word of prayer uh, for him. Also, Ashley is leaving this week as well, and so we want to be much in prayer uh, for Ashley and lift her up to the Lord in prayer as well. And also, we want to pray for the Albers family. Uh, Pat Albers' dad passed away early yesterday morning about 530, uh, and so we'll get arrangements out to you as soon as we are made known of that, uh, but be much in prayer for Pat and for his family uh, with the passing of his dad, and, and he does have the assurance that his dad was a believer, uh, and so we, we find comfort in that, uh, so let's be much in prayer for, um, for these prayer requests, okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, Lord, we just bring these requests to you. Father, we thank you for Joe and how you've brought him into our church family and, and how, God, you've provided a place for him now, a job for him now. And, Lord, we just ask that you make that transition go smoothly and that you bless him and his new job and bless them in their marriage, which is soon to be, he and Jen. And uh, we just ask your blessings on him. Father, we pray also for Ashley. We ask you, Lord, to be with her and guide her and watch over her and care for her as she departs and, and goes back. And we just ask you, Lord, that you would just continue to be with her. And, and Father, we pray you'd comfort Miss um, Marion and Adam and the family. And it's never easy when our, when our little ones leave. And we just pray, God, that, uh, that you continue, Lord, to comfort them. And Father, we also lift up Brother Pat and his family in prayers this morning. And uh, with the passing of his dad uh, this week, we ask you, Lord, that you would just... Uh, give them, Lord, the grace and the strength that they need to face each hour and each day. And, Lord, whenever you're dealing with the loss of a loved one and going through all the uh, funeral arrangements and the services, it seems like hours turn into days and days turn into weeks. And it seems like time just almost stands still. And we just pray, dear Lord, that you would be the peace in those still moments for them, that you would give them grace as you promise us in your word that you will give, that it's always sufficient. Help them fill the void that I know is in their life. Fill that void with your Holy, your Holy Spirit and your presence, and we'll give you the praise for that. And Father, now we look at the teaching of your word, and 
We ask you, Lord, that you would just speak to us and, and help us, Lord, as we continue this idea of making disciples and being disciples and not just converts. We ask your blessings on the reading, the preaching, the teaching, the absorbing, the applying of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Real quickly before I get started, remember uh, we've got two big things going on. Number one, the, the young adults. If you are a young adult, uh, you're invited to my house this evening at 5 o'clock. Uh, once again, I just had surgery, so I cannot play volleyball this evening. Therefore, if the young adults win, there will be an asterisk by that win to where it's going to be under review and debatable. So don't brag too much, uh, but don't underestimate this leadership team. Did you enjoy Brad's prayer? That was the prayer of a youth pastor. Did you enjoy his prayer? He said, Lord, bless those new faces and the old ones. Did you hear that? And I'm thinking, he's talking about me. I guess I'm the old face that he's talking about. Uh, but anyway, the old guy, yeah, Earl's in the back waving his hand. Uh, but anyhow, we've got the leadership team's going to be playing this evening. So remember that at 5 o'clock at my house. And then also our coat driving. Let's give a hand. You guys have done an amazing job already with our coats. And uh, October the 12th, we are going up, our small group is, are, is taking all these supplies up, and we're going up and having a, a worship service in Joliet with a, with a homeless ministry there and a church there, one of our sister churches, uh, Brother Cliff Diamond is the pastor, and we're taking these coats, these blankets, hats, gloves, we're also taking uh, canned foods and snacks and things for them as well. Our goal is 250 coats. Right now, we are at 99 Coats. That's, that's awesome. Amen. Uh, we've got right at 100 coats. And uh, so between now and October the 6th, I want you to just go in your closets and just grab some old stuff that you just don't even wear anymore. And let's bring that. And maybe you have uh, some good jackets that you just don't wear anymore. Bring those. Uh, maybe you have some, some networks of, of uh, maybe folks at school or on your job or, or different units in the Air Force or whatever that may want to get involved. Put it out on your Facebook page to your friends and family that are in the area. Let them know you'll come pick up some coats. And let's get a lot of folks involved. Help us reach our goal of 250 coats. Uh, to be able to take up for the, um, for the homeless outreach that we're going to be doing October the 12th, okay? So I just want to make that uh, announcement in passing here. And I want to keep them in front of us. Actually, the, the Sunday of October, is that a 6th? October 6th, I think is a Sunday. On that Sunday, we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray over all the supplies and coats and everything that we have here because each one of these coats is going to land in the hand of someone that's homeless. And uh, we want to have the opportunity to present the gospel to them when we go and pass these coats out. Uh, they're going to come to a worship service. They're going to hear the gospel. And let's just pray through us doing a, a social act of kindness just to meet a, a physical need in someone's life that through doing that, we can meet their spiritual need and see them come to the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior. So we're going to have that as well. So keep bringing the supplies in and bringing the coats in and the gloves and the hats. If you have any questions about that, email the church office and we'll get all that information out to you, okay? Are you there in Matthew chapter 4 in verse number 19? This is, this is a key verse for this entire series that we are studying together. Jesus said, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you remember, we broke that down into three different segments. The first part is the head, then the heart, and then the hands. The head part of that is follow me. Jesus told them to follow him. They made a decision to follow Jesus. And then as they were following him, Jesus said, as you follow me, 
I will make you. In other words, I am going to be in the process of transforming you to become a true disciple of mine. Not just a convert, but a true disciple of me. A true Christ follower. Okay? So that's the heart. May I just, I just want to draw your attention to it once again. Who is doing the changing here? Who is making us into a Christ follower? Who is it that's doing this? It's who? It's the Lord, right? It's Jesus. He said, I will make you. Guys, may I remind you that religion in and of itself can never make you a true Christ follower? Hello? Just being baptized in and of itself can never make you a true Christ follower. Hello? Just being religious, just going to church, just giving your tithe and offering, just being a good person, just being baptized, just taking communion, just hoping and praying that you have enough good works at the end of the day that they outweigh your bad works. None of that in and of itself can get you into heaven, right? You must have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said it's not the church that's going to make you. It's not religious activity that's going to make you. He said, I will make you. Man, I love that. Something else I love about this as well. He said, I will make you after you choose to follow me. You follow me. Right? A lot of times we want to clean the outside up before we start cleaning up the inside. And it doesn't start that way. It starts with the inward part of man. I may not have all the answers to my questions that I have about the Bible. I may not have all my practices that I do or shouldn't do all ironed out exactly right. I may not look like a believer in Christ initially when I accept Christ because of my actions, my behavior, my reactions, and the such. And I want you to know that's okay. Hello? Too often, I think we as the church, we want everybody to clean up their actions and then come to Christ. It doesn't work like that, right? We've got to accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, follow Him, and allow Him to mold us and make us into the person that we are today, right? And that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have the head, we have the heart, and then I want you to see the hands. What is the mission? Jesus said, follow me. And I will make you, what? Fish for people or fishers of men. In other words, he said, I will make you my hands and my feet. I will make you my disciples. Okay? Guys, you realize that these hands are the only hands that this world will see of Jesus. These arms are the only arms that this world will see of Jesus. These feet are the only feet that this world will see of Jesus. My actions and how I carry myself and my reactions and how I serve my neighbor and how I treat other people. The world is watching and hopefully they see Jesus. Jesus in you. We are His hands and His feet. I mean, that's what we're going to be doing in Joliet when we go there. That's what we do when we do mission work right here around our, our own community. We're trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Why? So we can fish for people. So that we can make disciples. So in short, let me ask you once again. And I've asked this question for the past three or four weeks. What is the mission of the church? Why do we do what we do? Why do we come together to worship and to celebrate? Why do we have Bible studies? Why do we have our small group ministry? Why do we have outreach efforts? Why do we do what we do? Can anybody answer it by now? Make disciples. I think I've got a slide for that. Our mission as a church is simply to make disciples. That's it. It's pretty simple, is it not? Sometimes we complicate things way too much and we just need to realize, hey, it's, it's a pretty simple task. 
Now, I realize sometimes it's hard to live out and it's hard to grow into these areas, but really the goal of the church is simply just to make disciples. In Matthew chapter 28, in verse 18 and 20, the Bible says, Then Jesus came near and said to them, All, I like this, all authority. I like that. I love it when Jesus speaks with authority, right? He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And then he gives us a commission. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's our goal, guys. That should be our life goal. Let me ask you a question. Are you making disciples? Are you in the practice of making disciples? Where are you in your spiritual life? Do you have someone in your life right now that you are discipling? Then if we can't think of anyone in our life right now that we are discipling, I just want you to know that we're being disobedient to the commission and the command of God. The Lord told us to go and make disciples. Today is National Back to Church Sunday. And I've been talking with my pastor friends about that over the past several months as we've seen this day coming and some of them are totally against it. Some of them are just like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then some of them are all excited. I kind of come in the middle of the road. I I think it's kind of sad that we got to have a national day to get the church active in inviting people to church. It's something we should be doing every day of our life. Maybe I need to say that again. Sometimes I think it's kind of sad that we've got to have a national day and we come into a national day and coming into that national day, we think, oh, it's the national invite your friend back to church Sunday. So therefore, the day's coming into that. There's Facebook posts and there's invites and there's different things that we're putting out. Now, I'm all for that and, <clears throat> and I put that stuff out. But what's sad about it is when we only do it once a year. We should be doing it every single day. I mean, we should be investing and inviting someone every single day, inviting them to church. Why? So we can introduce them to Jesus and they can be part of the church family and that they can grow in their relationship with Christ as well. That is our mission, to make disciples. Now, in doing this, I've been unpacking for you um, the different stages of discipleship. And Jim Putnam wrote a book called Disciple Shift where he, he makes mention of several of these things that I'm sharing with you today. But I want you to look at these five different stages of discipleship. I spent one whole message talking about stage number one, which is spiritually dead. Okay, That's the pre-conversion stage of being a disciple. In other words, that's the individual that has never really trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Okay, That's the folks that are spiritually dead. Matter of fact, For all of us that are believers, this is where we started. At one point, we too were spiritually dead. That's stage number one. Last week, or I think it was last week, yeah, last week, last Sunday, I shared with you stage number two and stage number three. Stage number two I shared with you was the infant stage, how we're just babes in Christ, okay? We looked at the scripture in 1 Peter. We looked at Hebrews chapter 5. And, and, and Paul makes mention uh, even how we should be teaching. But once again, we're still on the milk of the word. And we're not on the meat of the word. We're just babes in Christ. And we talked about the infant stage. Also last week, we talked about stage number 3. Which is the childhood stage of discipleship. So we have spiritually dead. We have the infant stage. And then we have the, the um, childhood stage. Stage, And in that, we've looked at 1 John chapter 2 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And he talks and references us as just little children. 
And we know when dealing with little children that little children can be messy. Infants can be messy. They need a lot of attention. And such do spiritual infants and spiritual children. And we as spiritual parents and and more spiritual adults need to realize that. Okay? It's going to take a little EGR. By the way, you know what EGR means? Extra what? Grace required. That's going to take in raising some spiritual babies, right? Some spiritual infants. You parents need that, right? I mean, when the baby's crying their eye out at 2 o'clock in the morning and you know the baby has a clean diaper and you know the baby has been fed and and there's nothing wrong and it screams out at 2 in the morning and and you've got to roll out of bed and go in there and as soon as it sees you, it stops crying and it just grins from ear to ear and it just kind of holds its arms. There's nothing wrong, right? We've all experienced that. What's that take from you as a parent? It takes patience and love and compassion and giving of yourself The same thing applies spiritually, guys, for spiritual parents. And I'm going to talk more about that. But we talked about the childhood stage last week. Now, with each of these stages, we've been giving you some some needs of that stage, some phrases from the stage, if you will, so that we can identify where people are in these different levels of discipleship. Now, if we're going to be making disciples, we must start paying attention to where people are in their walk with the Lord. Now, if you remember also, I talked to you last week about an infant stage and the childhood stage. And a lot of times we associate that with people that have just accepted Christ as their Savior. Well, that may be true. But I want you to know, there's people that have been on the road of Christianity for a long, long time that have not grown in their faith like they need to grow and they are still spiritual babies, okay? Now, they may be a church member for 30 years. They may be a church member for 50 years. They may be, they may be working in the church, but they are just spiritually immature and we've all seen people like that, okay? So how long you've been on the road only tells me just that, how long it is that you've been on the road. It does not tell me how far you have traveled down that road to spiritual maturity. Everybody with me? You got it? Okay. So today I want us to look at stage number four and stage number five. And you got to pray for me right now. I'm at the stage physically in my life right now after, what, 12 days after surgery that I am feeling good. I, I can almost stand up straight. My wife's been telling me for the last week and a half, you're not standing up straight. Stand up straight. I've been kind of hunked down like that. I, I'm kind of standing up straight. A lot of the physical pain on the surface is gone. And I'm at the stage right now where I could really hurt myself, Okay. So i got to kind of stay a little close to this pulpit and not get too crazy up here this morning and wind up taking a step back. But I want to talk a little bit about this young adult stage, if we will. Look, if you will, in 1 John chapter 2, in verse 13 through 14. The scripture says, I am writing to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have had victory over the evil one. That's a key phrase. Look at that. He's writing to you young men. This is the young adult stage. Why? Because they have victory over the evil one. Now, at this stage in discipleship, they're getting some victories over the devil, okay? They have grown past the infant stage. They've grown past the childhood stage. They're into the young adult stage, and they're having some victories over Satan. In verse 14, 
I have written to you, children, because you have come to know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the, from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. Everybody say that. You are strong, okay? At this stage of discipleship, you're getting some good spiritual muscles that are developing and you are getting stronger and stronger in your faith and you're having some victory. Look, look what it says. God's word remains in you. Now the word of God is remaining in you. Well, who's putting the word of God in them? Well, they are through, through, through studying the Word and through staying in tune with God and developing and their relationship with the Lord and they're paying attention to the leadership of the Holy Spirit that's in their life and they're being sensitive to the direction that God is leading them through the person of the Holy Spirit that takes up residence. Okay, so God's Word remains in you and you have had victory over the evil one. What I want you to see here is that this passage is really describing these, these young adults spiritually. Okay? So let me try to put it like this. I want you to see at this stage there's a shift. If you remember in the infant stage and in the childhood stage of discipleship, life still pretty much revolves around me. Right? If I'm in the infant stage and the childhood stage, it still pretty much is all about me. Are my needs being met? Is the church doing this for me? Is the church doing this for me and my family? It's still kind of all about me. At this stage, there's a huge shift that is taking place. The shift now is leaving oneself and being more concerned about the kingdom of God the purposes of God, the will of God, the purpose for your life, the purpose for other folks' life, the mission of the church. There's a shift. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me just turn that out there. You can say amen into that microphone, okay? There's, there's a shift that's taking place, right? Do you see this? This is the young adult stage. Now, anytime I am counseling with people and anytime I am talking with folks that are struggling in different areas, it's pretty easy for me to identify where they are spiritually. If, if they're using words and they're using phrases that pretty much all talk about me, then I know they are a spiritual infant or at best a spiritual child that they're not a spiritual young adult and they're definitely not a spiritual parent because they still have this, this me syndrome, okay? But when you grow past that and you get to a young adult spiritually, there's a shift that is taking place. Now the emphasis is not so much on me being fed because I have learned to feed myself through God's Word. Hello? It's not so much what is everybody else doing for me now it's starting to become, what can I do to serve someone else? Do you see the shift? This is a key point. Now, I was in a discussion this morning with, with a lady, and I won't even mention who it was, but, but she brought out a very good point that she talked about how, how she's seen herself grow from this one and kind of back to childhood and kind of back to the adult stage. And I want you to know that we all have experienced that. Amen. Right? You see, living a Christian life and growing spiritually is a lot like, and we love kayaking and canoeing and float trips. We did a bunch of that this past summer. and it's, it's like doing that. But the difference is we're not just floating downstream 
as a Christian growing in our faith, we're paddling upstream. We're going against the current of the world and we're living a life that is contrary to the way the world lives their life. And so we're paddling and we're growing and we're getting more of God's word and we're growing stronger. And man, we're, we're just going upstream. Then all of a sudden, before you know it, I've seen people do this. They take their paddles and they just lay them out and they just kind of start resting. And before you know it now, the current has turned their boat around and they are drifting back down with the way that the world is pushing them, right? Every single one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, have probably seen ourselves make those shifts and make those changes. We must be conscious of the fact that there is a devil out there where his desire is to steal and kill and destroy and he wants nothing more than for you to just drift. He don't mind... Listen. He just wants you to sit back. Just kind of sit back and let everybody else do it. Hello? Just kind of relax and throw your feet up in your canoe and just kind of drift because he knows if you start drifting spiritually, it's just a matter of time to where you're no longer an adult. You've drifted back to spiritual childhood, possibly all the way back to infancy as a child or as an infant spiritually because you are not growing in your faith. You're not in the Word. And now everything at one time may have been about serving everybody else, and everybody else's needs and growing spiritually to where now it's more just about me, right? So we got to be careful with these ebb and flows that take place in our lives. So this is the young adult stage. And there's a shift that's taking place here. They're involved in ministering to others. They're involved in putting the needs of others first. They're involved in being doers of the word and not just hearers only, as it says in the book of James. Are you with me this morning? Right? So the young adults are, man, they're actively involved. They're serving. They've learned to do this for the right reasons. Hello? By the way, I got a revival message that I preach sometime called the fire of heaven. And a lot of times we think as a believer we escape the fires of hell. But do you know there will also be fire in heaven? And it's the judgment fire of heaven. And one of the things that's going to be judged as you as a believer, not whether you're saved or not, okay? That's no bearings on whether you enter into heaven or, or whether you go to hell at this stage. As a believer, you're standing there as a child of God. But your works will be tried. Your motives will be tried. And Scripture talks about those being wood, hay, and stubble. How some of those can be just consumed and burnt up. Let me ask you a question. Why do you do what you do? Whenever you're serving in the church, whenever you're serving in the body of Christ, whenever you're reaching out to a brother or sister and you're helping to grow them or you're leading a ministry, you're leading a study, you're leading a small group or whatever it is that you're doing for the cause of Christ, what are your motives? Why are you doing what you're doing? Hello? At this stage as a spiritual young adult, their motives are pure. They're doing what they're doing because of the cause of Christ. They're doing what they're doing because they're focused on the kingdom work. They're doing what they're doing because they're fulfilling the mission that God has given them. Not for self-gain, not for promotion, not for, not for popularity. Hello? And I like, to, I like to jump and stomp a little bit right here, but I can't physically. Listen, there's a lot of people that serve in the church just for self-promotion. Let me tell you, that's as ungodly as ungodly can be. Hello? Our motives for serving is not for self-promotion. It's not for power. It's not for popularity. Our motives for serving is for the cause of Christ. 
and our focus is on Him. And when we're at the spiritual young adult stage, we've got that figured out. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about me trying to get recognized. It's no longer about me getting into a position in the church. As a matter of fact, let me tell you one of, one of the key things I look for whenever I look at ordaining men to be deacons in our church, I look for someone that's just nothing but a servant. I mean, the furthest thing from their mind is getting on the leadership team or being ordained as a deacon or getting a position in the church. And I've had people that have come up to me and said, you know what, you need to look at me. I've got this and I've got this training and I've got that training. And I, and I tell you, when that happens, I look so far beyond them because their heart and their motive is not pure. Say amen or on me, but I want you to stay with me here, okay? At this stage, our motives are pure. We're doing what we're doing because of the kingdom of our God and because of the mission that He's given us. We want to serve at this stage. There's great joy in serving at this stage. There's tremendous zeal in serving at this stage. We don't serve reluctantly here. We serve because we're excited to serve. We don't come and serve because the preacher's gotten one more thing, going to church and we go fulfill our duty. No, that's a child. As a young adult, we're excited about serving. Are you with me? We see the world as a place that needs changing. We look out at our world today and we're not happy with the way it is. We see it from a different perspective. We see our own life from a different perspective. And we see a world that needs changing. We see a world that needs the gospel. And we're centering our lives around the purpose of our God. And our priorities are beginning to change at this stage as a young adult. Do you see the difference? I want you to see the divide here. There is a drastic difference between a spiritual young adult. Now listen guys, I'm not talking about age. I'm not talking about the 20 year olds here. I'm talking about a spiritually mature or a spiritually young adult. You could be 65 and just now be getting to the young adult stage. You could be 15 and be now getting to the young adult stage, okay? You could be 65 here and be an infant or be a child in Christ, even if you've been saved for 50 years. Are you tracking with me here, okay? So don't look at these as age-related because nothing to do with our age has everything to do with our spiritual development. Are you with me? You got that? These young adults, spiritually speaking, they're looking for a place to serve. They're just looking to fill in the gaps. They're looking in the church and they're looking in the ministry and they see a need and they say, man, I'm just going to go fill that gap and I'm going to go get plugged in there. I'm going to find out what i got to do to help right there. I mean, they're looking for a place to help carry the load and carry the burden of the church. They're not just sitting back like a child and just sponging. You see, sometimes as children, I mean, you know, they kind of just sit and soak, right? I mean, and we have spiritual children and spiritual infants that, that come to church and they just sit and soak and just kind of like they're in a spiritual sauna. And they just kind of enjoy everything. But they don't do one thing to help. Hello? The helpers come at the young adult stage. They look around and think, man, I need to do that. That's something I can do. I can fill in the gap there. I can fill in the void there. That's an Ezekiel 33 type of a person. Someone that's willing to stand in the gap. That sees a need and jumps in there and takes some responsibility. Are you with me? This is that young adult stage. They are excited about their involvement in the church. They are maturing in their skills and their passions. And they're seeing how God has gifted them. And they're getting plugged into ministry in these areas. 
Well, what's some of the phases or phrases, I should say, of this stage? What's some of the verbiage that we're going to hear whenever we're talking to someone that is a spiritual young adult? You may hear something like this, and I love how Jim Putnam puts some of these. He says, you may hear, in my devotions, I came across something that I have a question about. I wonder when's the last time you've talked to anybody about your devotional life? Hello? i got a pastor friend of mine. A lot of times we email back and forth and we say, what's the word for the day? And the word for the day is, what would you get out of your devotion today? And if we reply back or text back, well, uh, then that's a pretty good sign that we haven't been in the word today. Right? A spiritual young adult is saying, hey, in my devotions today, I ran across this. What do you think? Or, or God really spoke to me in my devotions that you're going to hear them talking about the personal time that they've had with the Lord. You're going to hear them talking about that. Why? Because, man, that's where their heart is, right? And that's where their focus is. You're going to hear something like, man, I'd really like to go on a mission trip. I know God has a, has a plan for my life, whether it be Thailand or whether it be Uruguay or Uganda or wherever. But you feel God is leading you to go out and serve. And you know that God has plans for your life, possibly in that field. And you're looking forward to what God may be doing. You may be looking, you may say, a spiritual young adult may say something like this. And I've heard my son say this. I love leading worship. And I love it when the congregation just feeds off of it and we all gather and worship. Those are verbiage. That's words from a spiritual young adult. Here's another one. Here's some verbiage from a spiritual young adult. They may come to your small group. And they may be involved in your small group. And they may come to you as a small group leader. And they may say something like this, you know. I love our small group, and I love you, and I love what we're studying, but our group is just too large, and I've got three friends that I'm really witnessing to, and they're just not going to come to a small group that's this large. Is there any way that we could birth a new group out of this group? Can you pray about that? Can we do that? Our group is just too big. Now, a a spiritual young adult is going to be excited about birthing new groups out of large small groups. It's the babes and the children that are going to get upset about birthing new groups out of small groups that are too large. Say amen or on me. Because I'm here to tell you today, every single one of our small groups are too large. Every one of them. They're too big. Now I'm thankful that you're getting plugged into small groups. I am. I am so thankful you're there. But we need to look around in our small groups and there need to be some spiritual young adults step up and say, you know what? This, I, I love you guys. And has, listen, me birthing a new group out of a group has nothing to do with me not liking you. Man, I love you guys. And I've hang out here forever. But I know that we cannot fulfill the mission that God has called us to fulfill if we stay here in this large group that has a hard time even getting into someone's living room. I know you guys are struggling there. But it's something we need to think about, right? Some of the phrases there. Here's another phrase from the stage. In my small group, I noticed so-and-so and and -and so-and-so hasn't been there for the last two weeks. I'm going to call them. Maybe some of you other guys need to call them. What is that? That's outward focus, okay? It's not inward focus. It's looking outward and seeing what needs to be done and realizing there's someone that's dropped off. There's someone that's missing. There's someone that's disconnected. Wow, I've got to hurry. You know what? I may just stay on this one. 
And I'll do next Sunday on spiritual parent. How's that? Instead of trying to do them both here on one Sunday. Okay? You with me? Good. That gives me a little bit more time here. Because this is a transition. Right? I mean, so, listen, the problem, get this. Man, I want to stomp and jump and run around there, but I can't. The problem with our churches and some of the problem with victory is that our church is filled with converts. Now, that's a good thing, but we must grow past that, right? We must grow our spiritual infants and our spiritual children into spiritual young adults and let that shift start to take place to where the attention is not so much just on me. You know, the spiritual child and the spiritual infant, they pray prayer something like this. Say, Lord, bless me and my four no more. You know, that's kind of where it is. You know, I'm just concerned about me and my family. Well, I can't take care of everybody else. Let everybody else take care of themselves. I mean, that's kind of the mentality of a child. Are you with me? What we need... Oh, my man, I mean this. What we need here are for folks to grow past that stage of a spiritual child into a spiritual young adult and take on some responsibilities. Let that shift take place in their life to where now they're focused about others around them more than they are focused on themselves. The spiritual young adult will drive into the parking lot on Sunday and not be able to find a parking place. Now listen, we're not there yet. I I can't wait for the day to where you can't find a parking spot around here. I can't wait for the day you're parking up and down Scott Troy Road. I mean, that's what I'm dreaming for. Spiritual children aren't dreaming for that. Spiritual infants aren't dreaming for that. Well, God forbid they would have to walk off of Scott Troy Road and come into church and not be able to park here, right? God forbid they couldn't find a place to sit or someone would take their seat. You, you remember some of the more traditional churches have the pews and on the pews so-and-so donated this pew and bought this pew and grandma bought this and now all of grandma's family sits right there. Don't you think about sitting in that pew. That's grandma's pew. Right? I was visiting a church one time. They had pews. They had all those little placards on all the pews. And I went and I sat down. The church sat about, it probably sat about 500 or so in the church. And I went for an early morning worship service. And they probably only had about 100 or so there. And they had the two wings of the church roped off where you couldn't even sit on that side. You could only sit in this middle section. And I got there a little bit early. And I'm by myself. And I just slide in and I sit about where Brother Eldon is. I say, hold your hand up, Brother Eldon. I'm sitting about right there. And if you know me, I like to sit on the end. I don't like in the middles. I don't like my elbows crunched. I like the ends, okay? And that's where I see Harold does too. And I see a lot of you guys do. And that's where I was sitting. Well, I'm sitting there. Three rows in front of me are empty. Three rows behind me are empty. The pastor gets up and he does the welcome. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to enjoy this. And I'm on vacation and and I'm going to church here. All of a sudden, I get a tap on my shoulder. Three rows in front empty. Three rows behind empty. I get a tap on my shoulder. Excuse me. That's my seat. I was shocked. I, was, I didn't even let them know I was a pastor or anything, but I was blown away with what I just heard. And I said, they, you mind moving up one row? Really? I, I got up moved up one row. But I went, it ruined the rest of my worship experience. It really, I thought, I cannot believe that. Right? Listen, guys, 
That was a spiritual infant and a spiritual child. Listen, I know we are creatures of habit, and I can stand here on Sunday morning, and I can look over here, and I know who's supposed to be sitting here, and I look over here, and I know who's supposed to be sitting here, and because we all kind of go back to our place where we sit, okay? I know who takes care of the back, and I know where you guys are, and we're kind of just creatures of habit. But, but wouldn't it be great to come in here one Sunday and there not be an empty chair, and you have to give your chair to someone and maybe stand along the walls or come up here and sit on the steps? Wouldn't that be awesome? Now, a spiritual adult is going to say amen, but a spiritual infant or a child is going to say, I don't know if I like all that. I don't know if I want our church to grow like that. Listen, one of the problems I think we have is that our churches are filled, and even victory, with converts and not necessarily spiritual young adults. What are some of the needs? Let me get the needs here and I'm going to be done because this is big. When you are a spiritual young adult, there are some needs that you need in your life. Let me share a few of the needs First of all, you need a place where you can learn to serve, okay? Spiritual young adults want to serve. They're looking for a place to fit in. And they need a place where they can openly and willfully and someone allow them to come in and lead and serve in an area. Spiritual adults also need a spiritual mentor. They need someone who can coach them and get this and debrief them with some of the ministry experiences that they're going to have because they're going to have some ups and downs in ministry, right? They need someone that they can turn around and talk to. Man, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. That, I just got blindsided by that, okay? And they need somebody to help them. Get this one. Spiritual, spiritual adults, they need deep, ongoing relationships with other spiritual adults to help encourage them and for accountability. And I think that's one reason our small groups are so important. I think it's important to do that and come and serve together. That's like all of our ministry teams that we have. I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of saying this. Here's a ministry we have. And we have maybe 10 people that want to do a particular ministry. Can I just use one for an example and not beat around the bush right here? Can I use a ministry that, that I would like to see us tweak a little bit better? Our cleaning team ministry. Now, I am so thankful for, our, for those that come in and clean. But the problem that I see, I see two or three here, one or two here at a different day and time, another one at a different day and time, and another one at a different day and time. What's going to happen with that is you're going to get burnt out because you're just doing it by yourself. What you need is encouragement from others. What you need is involvement from others. What you need is a team coming in here and sharing that together and rejoicing in that together and knocking that out together. I mean, it's just going to be a matter of time. I know it, and there have already been some that have quit the cleaning team. Why? Because I think we're doing it all wrong. I'm just going to tell you. We need this. We need this coming together and serving together. Right? The same thing with our outdoor team. It doesn't need to be one or two guys. It doesn't need to be. There needs to be a team of people, men and women, that come together at a given time. Man, we're going to mow the yard. We're going to weed eat. We're going to blow off. And we're going to do whatever we got to do. But we're coming together. And we're doing this together. Otherwise, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get tired. I can keep going on and on. But do you get the point? Young adults, spiritual young adults, they need that encouragement of building deeper relationships with others and serving together. They need help identifying their gifts. 
They need ongoing training. Listen, spiritual young adults will get hurt in ministry. Why? We're dealing with people. And guys, take it out of the church. Take it to the Rotary Club. Go to the Rotary Club and have a meeting. And, and I'm, I'm part of the Rotary Club. And go there and have a meeting. And be, be involved on a weekly basis with the ins and outs of the Rotary Club. Rotary Club's a great organization. But I promise you, you're going to get hurt in the Rotary Club. So don't just say it's the church where you get hurt. You're going to get hurt anywhere you have relationships and dealings with people. Are you with me? So what's going to happen now, because the spiritual young adult is now serving in ministry and their focus is off themselves, they're going to serve and they're going to have zeal and excitement and enthusiasm and joy, then all of a sudden, they're going to get hurt in ministry. What, what do they need? They need someone that can come alongside them and help process the pain and help them understand possibly some of the unrealistic expectations that they may have had that they were going to receive from others as a result. My point is we need to serve together so you can help those that are going to get hurt in ministry. Does that make sense? What is all of this? It's being a disciple. And I'm going to stop right here. Because I think I've said enough about a spiritual young adult. But that's, where, that's a strong stage. And that, we need to at least grow to here. And then once we're there, we need to get to the spiritual parent. And I'll talk about that one next week. But let me ask you, I wonder if his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Ask the praise team and band if they will please come. Where are you in your discipleship process? Let me ask you a question. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you a disciple and that starts through having a personal relationship with Christ. Coming to know Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And my prayer is today that you know that there's not one thing you could ever do to cause God to love you any less, nor is there one thing you could ever do to cause God to love you any more. He loves you. And He loves you so much that He allowed His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins the sins of the entire world. And if you'll just simply say, you know, I realize that I have sinned. And today I just want to ask forgiveness. And I want to pray and I want to ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me. And I want to accept the finished work of the cross. And I want to become a Christ follower today. And if that's you this morning, I want to help you pray here in just a moment. But that's where it begins. But let me speak briefly to the believers that are here. Where are you in the discipleship process? Are you a spiritual infant? Or a spiritual child? Or a spiritual young adult? And next week I'll talk about the spiritual parent. But where are you in this process? We need to know where we are. And then we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us to grow past that. If you're here today and you tell me that you are a mature disciple of Christ. I've got one question for you. Who are you discipling? Who are you discipling? Who are you investing in? Who are you helping to grow? I mean, I need, you need an individual's name. Not just, well, just whoever crosses my... No, no, no. You need to be investing in someone. And if you're here today and... You can't recall of an individual right now that you're pouring yourself into to disciple them. Then I just want you to know you're not spiritually mature. 
Now you're growing and you may be a spiritual young adult, but you're certainly not a spiritual parent. And I'll talk more about that next week. Guys, we all need to grow. We all need to be paying attention. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fish for people. Head, heart, hand. Father, right now, Lord, I, I just want to partner with that one that's struggling as a believer or an unbeliever. And right now, they're, they're wanting to become a disciple, a Christ follower. And Lord, right now, they're wanting to give their heart and their life to you. May they just pray a prayer, something like this. Say, dear Lord, I realize that, that I've got sin in my life. And right now, I repent and I ask for forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would forgive me. You would come into my life and be my Lord, be my Savior, and help me to follow you. And I want to be a Christ follower. I want to follow you. And I want to grow through this discipleship process. So today, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you all of me. Father, for the believer right now, we've spoke about many different areas of our spiritual walk with you. Father, I know that you have already revealed in our heart where we are, spiritually speaking. And help us to be a body of believers that grows past the stage of infancy and childhood and even past the young adult and into the spiritual parent stage. Finger around in our hearts, oh God. Draw us to yourself. Make us aware of where we are spiritually and give us the fortitude and the passion, the desire to grow in our faith. Father, I thank you, Lord, for our church family. And I thank you that we have folks that are in all these spiritual stages. And that's a good thing because those that have recently accepted you as, as, their, as you as their Savior are our spiritual infants and children. And, and we've got to grow them. We've got to have love and patience with them. And we've got to help them and come alongside them and nurture them and show them the way. And thank you for the young adults that we have, spiritually speaking in our church and that have grown to this stage. They've looked beyond themselves and they've even looked beyond the pain and the hurt that others cause and they look to you and God, they realize that why they're doing what they're doing is because, Lord, of what you have done for all of us. Our focus is on you. We ask you, Lord, to bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call 
or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.